0: Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley and with me is Derek Spesh. Hello. How's it going, Derek? Mm, going good. Anything exciting happening? Not really. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> I got back from, from our canoe trip and other people went on holidays. So while they were covering for me, now I'm covering for them. Oh, so, so I'm trying easy. to catch up from when I was away, trying to help. With their stuff, it's just been nuts. I was
1: off last week and now I'm still trying to catch up because nobody does my work when I'm away.
0: Wow. There's a reason for that.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Mr. (laughs) How's your thumb? I give this thumb one and a half thumbs up. This show gets (laughs) one and a half thumbs up from Derek. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the, uh, you know, they uh, have side effects on medications and stuff. No. So. What do you mean, no? None of mine do. <laughs> well, apparently, antibiotics does. So, uh, because the bone's broken open, I had to take antibiotics and uh, it made me pretty sick this week. Really? Yeah. I didn't go to work today.
0: <coughs> I feel the <a> cold <laughs> coming on. I can't oh, go into work. It's my antibiotics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Earlier this week, I almost didn't get out to go vote because I was so sick. Really? Yeah. See, I don't take medication, so... I stopped taking medication. <laughs> well,
0: see? See? <laughs> Screw That's that. That's why you don't go to doctors. That's what I'm telling I you. I know, right? I don't go to doctors and I'm not having any issues. Yeah, exactly. You go to a doctor and what mm-hmm. happens? You end up with stitches. I'm supposed to, Well, I'm
1: supposed to get the <laughs> stitches out, but I decided I'm going to take them out myself. Don't start chewing. Oh, no. I'm going to use a... Use this knife. Use a big knife or something. <laughs> Here. Hang on. <laughs> My axe is over there. Go grab
0: that. Uh, we have a guest this evening doing his... Weekly update now. It's like the yes. Saturday Night Live uh, weekly news update. Weekly
1: update with Norm Macdonald.
0: Yeah, rest in peace. Yes, uh, John Van Berger, how are you doing down on the Erie Canal? He's still on, is he? Uh, I am. Uh, well,
2: I don't know how to. I don't know how to say it. I right now. I'm eating homemade apple pie, uh-huh. and I'm drinking a key lime pie sour beer. From Brindle House Brewing, so I think I'm doing pretty good. Ah, uh, you're
0: only doing half good. <laughs> Eat the pie uh, and s- stop there. <laughs>
2: this is so good. This is so good. I, I'm, uh, I'm exhausted though. I'm, uh, I'm really beat today.
0: Well, we had a little discussion before the show, and uh, two, two things here. So. We decided that we are going to give the good, the bad, and the ugly on your trip so far, because been, it's been a week, so you're, mm-hmm. you're done your first week. We received yes. an email uh, talking about, um, it says, Hi, I thought about paddling the Erie Canal. My main concern was camping along the way, where to stay, uh, even for smaller section trips. Maybe John can go into detail on his campsite planning along the way when he calls in again. And that's from Rob from Connecticut on the Housatanic River. Uh, so I told Rob I would uh, ask you about that this week, and we got into a little little discussion before off before the show off air, and uh, like I say, we decided we're just going to give the whole good, the bad, and the ugly on what's been happening over the last week. First off, no injuries yet. <laughs> I like I like how you say yet. yet. Well, like yet. I say it's still young. I mean, the trip still still and it's only one week. You got plenty of time.
2: But see, I've got both my thumbs going right now, so you know <laughs> I'm feeling okay about things.
0: Looks like Derek's trying to give you the finger, but have gone. <laughs> yeah, song. I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> uh, no no injuries yet. You're having a good time, pretty much. Uh, you've yes. gone, what about eighty miles? Yes, yeah, I had, uh,
2: what, uh, it's about 15 to 20 miles a day, I guess,
0: is is what I've been at. So, yeah. And how's the weather been?
2: You know, outside of a a consistent headwind, uh, it's been, actually, it's been pretty good. We're supposed to get rain and possibly a storm starting, we just started getting some rain this evening. Uh, If it's thundering and lightning tomorrow, I may just take a zero day. I had some electronics issues I have to kind of try to clear up anyway. Uh, But if it's just raining, I may head back over towards, I got to Rochester today, and uh, my friend Tommy came over and picked me up. And I'm back at his house eating uh, Rose's apple pie and drinking all their beer.
1: (laughs) Right on. This (laughs) doesn't sound like a kayak trip, does it? No, it
2: doesn't. (laughs) This is like the way to do it. I'm not doing this Yukon stuff anymore, ever again. I'm just going to keep coming back to New York and calling Tommy. He's like, dude, I want to go paddle the Finger Lakes this year. Uh,
0: Can you support crew for me? Do you remember about a month ago, Mm -hmm. I said that they need to do some sort of canoe kayak trips where you kayak all day and you stop somewhere for the night and you eat and you drink. And then the the next day... You trial, you paddle some more, and you stop for the night, and you yep. eat and drink. And, and lo- the plan like, was to do it in stuff. Europe yeah. somewheres, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Switzerland yep. or. Um, John said Europe. Yeah. I said Europe, not the United States. I did not say Upper New York, John. <laughs> we're going paddling today, and we ended up in Rochester, and we're having burgers and 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 apple pie and beer. No, sorry, <laughs> you missed the whole point of that, John. <laughs> yeah. and, you
2: know, and you know what you, you mentioned burger I didn't mention that before but they had a family gathering when I during one of the days I was out paddling and she made these huge like skillet size large skillet size stuffed burgers and I had one of those uh, leftovers tonight when I got here too see
0: see <laughs> I could smell it I
2: never I could could
0: smell it, it.
1: glamping <laughs> yeah
2: it is it's pretty awesome too let me tell you
0: i i'm i'm beginning to think we need to call jan and call bs on this trip it's, it's not sounding like what he planned it was gonna be i you know eh? when he threw this idea at us this is not what we envisioned nightly stays yeah. at people's houses being waited upon i bet you got a, a bathrobe and furry slippers <laughs> I would hope so. Well that's what I paddle in. But,
2: uh, <laughs> last night the place I stayed, actually, when I when I, uh was gonna go to bed, uh my host said, Oh by the way, there's a there's a fridge over there, that's full of beer, so help yourself.
0: I mean, and it's now mounted I on the back of the kayak. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, you take a couple of dry bags and put it underneath that, and you flip that thing right
0: down the canal with you. There you go. <laughs> uh, you're having a good time, though. Uh, any wildlife? Uh,
2: yeah, having a good time. Uh, not a lot. Well, a lot of bird life. Uh, right. Beyond that, uh, you know, in terms of, like, you know, mammals or anything like that, surprisingly none. Um which, which actually, I thought you know you'd see deer or whatever along the way, but you know I'm seeing you know obviously tons of geese and and uh, blue herons and green herons and kingfishers and I think the other day I saw an osprey come down and hit a fish in the water not far in front of me and swung back up with it and flew off over a cornfield with it. It was like cool. wow that is kind wow. of cool neat mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was an Osprey. I've got to look it up yet, but, yeah.
0: Awesome. Uh, How about unexpected delays?
2: Unexpected delays, yeah. I had one of those. I uh, noticed uh, one evening that my rudder cable was uh, basically splitting and fraying. So I went to a, (laughs) a local kayak shop. And paid far, far, far too much, uh, probably a lot more than what a local kayaker here would pay, for a set of uh, rudder cables. Um, I guess they figured there's a guy on the canal who needs it right now, so.
0: Let's take advantage. of advantage, yeah.
2: yeah. That's- I, I'm helping the local economy. How's that? Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, so, <clears throat> you know,
2: not going to talk about that business on here.
0: Yeah, no, no. So you got that fixed?
2: Got that fixed. I sealed up uh, my rear bulkhead uh, was leaking as well, so I. It's it's not pretty, but it's you know one of those on the road fixes. I I shot a bunch of uh, Lexel sealant in there, which is which is really good for that. Uh, And then after letting it cure as long as I could, I took some good old Gorilla uh, duct tape and and uh, (laughs) ran a nice uh, what. barricade of duct tape around that if you will. So <laughs> hopefully hopefully that'll work.
0: You've been posting pictures on your uh, Facebook too, right? Yeah, I saw a Waterfall. I yeah, I saw uh, yeah. Is that was that your personal page? That was your personal page, was it not?
2: It's on my personal page, but I've been sharing them to there's one called the New York State Canal Way, I think. Okay. And so I've been I've been sharing them on there. I've been sharing them on the outdoor kind adventure show page. Um, I think that's it. But, yeah. Just, just so
0: people want to check out some of the photos.
2: Yeah, by all means. And, and it's marked public, so they can go to my, uh, go to John Van Berger and uh, just my personal page and see it on there. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Okay. Um, they're welcome to friend
2: me if they live in New York and offer beer and, and uh, apple pie and stuff like that, though.
0: Just good beer. <laughs> <laughs> but anybody that's offering apple pie yeah uh, you know i out saying yeah um we had talked about is this going pretty much as expected mm-hmm. uh so let's get into the the bad and the ugly i guess
2: okay uh, it is going ex- exactly as i expected no problems <laughs> and it's it's All been a cakewalk. Sunshine and rainbows.
0: <laughs> sunshine and rainbows. Teddy bears dancing on the shore. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you lie. <laughs> uh, I want to get to Rob's question about the, the camping and stuff because you have been finding that's an issue.
2: It is, yeah. It's So I talked to Jeremy Kosas and had mentioned that on the show last time and, and he's the guy that uh, hyped it then uh, bicycled it, and then paddled it, and he finished up the day before I started. Right, and so you know he had come over and gave me some tips, and we were talking about things like that. And he said, in his opinion, that it is best for bicyclists. Uh, then next best would be for hikers, and then probably least um, what, least best. Uh, <laughs> the third in third place would <laughs> be for paddlers. Right. And one of the reasons is there's access issues and there's camping issues. And so that's where we get into to Rob's question.
0: So you figured you would be able to just bop around, find a spot on land. Now when we did the Trent Severn Canal, realistically yeah. if we wanted to pull out there was like, you could pull out pretty much anywhere. It was no problem. Pull up on shore, yeah, you know that was sort of deal. National
1: parkland, and you could uh, camp there at each. And uh, it was accessible, each, yeah,
0: yeah. The only places you'd have problem that we had problems getting out sometimes was at the locks themselves because of the high walls. Yeah, but you're saying so far, like you're talking, pretty much the entire length has high walls or um, rock cliffs and. Yeah, or
2: or boulders, and, and you can get out. You know, you get you kind of got to be a little agile with some, some sometimes. You know, with those, um, and then you've got to pull a loaded canoe or a loaded kayak up over boulders or, or these you know really large rocks to get up to, for example, the, you know, the mule the old mule path, right? Uh, the canal trail now, and it's it ranges from you know generally somewhat difficult to impossible to get out and there are some places where you know it's it's where they've cut it through rock and you have these high ledges and like outside of rochester today and yeah it can be a real problem i mean i I noticed at one spot i you know i'm not sure what kind of work they had been doing in the area or anything but there was a ladder that came down and and this is old right this is a really old ladder placement and the ladder came down i thought well you know as i'm pedaling up on it, and I thought, oh, well, if somebody you know has an issue, that's good that it's there, and I got up close to it and noticed that it stopped about six to eight feet up oh, <laughs> from the water okay. level. <laughs> so it's like, hmm, okay, that one's not going to work. Uh, you know. But yeah, so it is, it's, it can be a bit tricky. Uh, a lot of the towns have a traditional three to four foot high wall Uh, you know, maybe uh, a little higher near some of the lift bridges or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is very difficult to get out in some of those towns. And there were a couple that I actually wanted to stop in and couldn't get out there. Um, So that was one thing where I thought, well, you know, what's cool about this trip, and one of the things that's cool is that, you know, you have the history of these towns, because all of these towns, they weren't there before the Erie Canal, right? Right. So you've got You've got Middleport and Brockport and Spencerport, all of these, you know, port town names because they're landlocked towns, but because of the Erie Canal, they grew up there. Well, now, you know, uh, it's, if boaters got no problem and, and like right now, a lot of yachts are coming off the Great Lakes and they're heading out to New York City and then they're going to go down the coast to winter in Florida. So I'm seeing a lot of those go by and some of those are, let me tell you, some of those are pretty amazing. Um but to get out in some of these places is difficult, right? Um, and so some places to get out and get to a campground, for example, uh, Albion. And I had I was going to talk with the fire department there and just you know say hi, and and they had verified that I could camp there and everything. So I'm like, oh, great, a town with a campsite. This is cool. And I got there. And there's an online resource that said, you know, about 100 miles, 100 miles, God. I, guys, I am so tired, so <laughs> if, if I say something stupid, like, just call me on it immediately. I'm exhausted <laughs> here. Uh, about, uh, what was it? It was a 1,000 feet upriver, essentially, is how they, how they said it. So, what, you know, like 300-some meters uh, that, you know, you could get out there and then get to the campground. Well, you know, the problem is you get out there. But then you've got, you know, this basically 300 meters. You've got to carry all your gear, leave it, go back, get the kayak, go back, you know. So one of the things that I realize it's really key here is to have a portage cart with you. Right. Um, and, you know, to ha- you, you really have to have that if just to be able to get around once you can get off in some of these places, what's, you know. What's a portage so, cart? <laughs> what's a portage cart? Yeah.
0: Is it anything like you mean- a portage cart?
2: <laughs> it could be. <laughs> now, you know, I do want to point out one thing here, because we've had this discussion before, and your response always is, We're not talking about winnipeg Manitoba.
1: That's not going to come up. <laughs>
2: it, it, it's, it's based on the French, which is, so portage. However, French is based on Latin. Oh, and okay. in Latin, that is portagius. Maximus
1: says, "Who <laughs> this, this dude named Portagius Maximus? Apparently. apparently, maybe he just so, pronounced his name wrong. <laughs> so,
2: just so you know, maybe it was just, Portagius. Just, yes, maybe <laughs> Maximus. Portagius Maximus. Yeah, that's yeah, the guy. Would, we, we've heard of. Him. I wouldn't lie about it. Yeah, he Did was not a Latin lie guy. about that. <laughs>
0: yeah. So you need uh, you need the so uh, you need you the need BL. A Portage need cart." The wheeled cart, yeah. You need the However, wheeled, cart. Right. A wheeled
2: cart. That's right, the wheeled cart. And, yeah, that will definitely, that's, that's really helpful. I didn't bring mine initially because of the, I didn't want the extra weight on the kayak because I already got all this electronics gear and everything else and uh, found out right away that I needed it. So Tommy, uh, being the great support guy that he is, drove out, uh, met me along uh, one of the, the, boat put-ins along the place. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. I had just passed a boat put-in, so he met me out at this spot where the trail came down, and he was able to drive down kind of close to it, and then I climbed up over the boulders. <laughs> and, uh, we uh, Thankfully, it wasn't, real, it wasn't real bad there, but uh, got the portage cart, or excuse me, cart, and uh, <laughs> Put it on there. Well, I had one of the wheels off, and it was sitting on back. And this is one of those uh, railblazer sea tugs, so it was mounted on front with uh, the front front wheel basically off, and it looked kind of like a machine gun or a death ray or something mounted <laughs> on the front of the kayak. That'd
0: be awesome, so, wouldn't it? Yeah,
2: it was <laughs> it was great because everybody the, the the paths are used like you think you're out in the middle of nowhere. And all of a sudden you got people jogging by, you've got long, uh, you know, long range bicyclists going by all the time, you know, and, and people are like, look at that, and they're like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> pew, pew. So, yeah, yeah. So I would say, you know, that's, that's one thing uh, you really need, uh, in terms of camping, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly is that it, it, you know, there is some during, you can camp at the locks, but, you know, from Buffalo to, for example, to Rochester, where I, I took out today, uh, you know, about um, just at the, was, I guess, south, just south of Rochester, uh, there, there were only two locks, and those were in Lockport, and they were, you know, in one location. Right. So you could camp there, but the rest of the way, what do you do? And that's the problem that I was finding.
0: Now, you... Pulled out at a spot the one night that you thought was looked like a camping spot. You said, in all intents and purposes, it was. Yes. Um, But it didn't look, I guess it wasn't.
2: Speaking hypothetically, it may not have been. (laughs) Speaking
1: hypothetically, it may not have been. Tell us more. Yeah. Well, so
2: here's my story (laughs) I got to this place after. 20 miles of paddling. I got there right at sundown. And I mean right at sundown. Well, Actually, sundown had passed. I got there at last light. And so I'm scrambling to set up the tent. And then I thought, you know what? I should just be a responsible citizen. Call Tommy. And he came out, picked me up, took me home. So that's what happened.
0: That's what now, happened. Now I in decided, another universe.
2: In another universe. Someone could have gotten in there at last light trying to put up the tent, gets everything put up, and uh, hauls the, there are, there's a row of, like, six sites, picnic tables, um, you know, little barbecues and everything. Mm -hmm. It looks great. Gets everything put up. Young lady comes over, starts fishing, and I ask her, hypothetically, is this a, you know, good, safe place to to camp and everything? And she said, oh, yeah, that's, oh, wait a minute. There's a sign over here this says no camping. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? And uh, this area, hypothetically, does not allow people to camp. Mm-hmm. And so, what do you do when you you have nowhere else to go, right? Or no way, no way else to get anywhere? Because this is also small town out in the country. So you've got absolutely no Uber or you know taxi service or anything. You are kind of stuck there. So. The good thing, I guess, in this parallel universe was that it was a Sunday night when uh, the a, a small village, the police department didn't have anyone on, county was covering, and uh, no one came through. But uh, I got three and a half hours of sleep, uh, and I got up at 5 a.m. Uh, to break everything down and uh, moved it over to a gazebo, Um, because the condensation was real bad, right? So anything you'd said on the ground was just soap. So I moved into a gazebo. I picked up the kayak, ran over, dropped it on the dock, and as I was taking a picture of all my gear in the gazebo, a truck pulls in, a lady comes over and uh, says, oh, getting ready for an early morning uh, kayak run, huh? I'm like, yep, that's what I'm doing, all right. (laughs) Uh, No one has camped here, anything like that. Uh, you know just just got here, my friend just dropped me off um, and she was uh hosting a like a it was a workout class, and so in the next you know uh i mean i'd just gotten the stuff cleaned up, and then you know this this group of uh ladies comes in for their morning workout class on the dock,
1: oh okay, yep,
2: so uh so I made coffee and and they were really nice and chatted with them and everything, but you know, it was kind of like, huh. So the the instructor leaves, and uh, a few of the, the people taking the course came over and said, oh, so you're doing this for a podcast. So I gave them the panel Adventures radio cards that I had, and it's got the Outdoor Kind of Adventure show on it, too, and told them about our weekly call-ins, and they're like, oh, we'll, we'll check that out. And I said, well, is there anything good down the road to see here, you know, in these next couple of small towns? And Lady said, "Well, have you seen our falls yet?" And there's there's falls in these in this town, and and I said, "Well, I'd like to, but all my gear is sitting out here now, and I really can't, you know, I, I just can't leave it here and go down because I got, you know, like the GoPro out on a a, a boom arm and everything, and, right? You know, so I said, I just don't feel comfortable leaving it here because people are starting to come into the park, and they said, oh." Well, we'll stay here and watch it for you. That huh. was so kind, right? Because yeah. it's not like it's 100 yards away. It's, you know, it's a half mile down these couple of trails. And, you know, so you get down there, you spend a little bit of time taking pictures, hike back up. And and uh, so I went and I did this and I come back and they're still standing there. And, you know, they cleaned out everything I owned. <laughs> It was all gone.
0: Uh, <laughs> no. They were driving uh, away waving. One finger. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thanks for the GoPro's. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> but no, they were I- incredibly kind, right? And and they said, so what do you think? I said, oh, it's great. You know, a, lot, a lot larger than what I expected them to be. And uh, they said, yeah, they were very proud of, of their town. Mm-hmm. And uh, got in, drove off. And it was like, uh, that's so cool. Huh. But what's funny is... They had mentioned that the the uh, the the teacher of the class was a police officer from a neighboring town. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I guess the you know in the parallel universe, I was quite lucky that uh,
1: that you got up so early. Know, yeah,
2: yeah. So, but then you know, I started paddling the next day, or I mean, Tommy brought me out and I started again. <laughs> um, started paddling the next day and I think, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll stop in, I'll visit, uh, Brockport and, and Spencerport and, and you're able to get out in these towns and, and, uh, Brockport has a really nice, uh, you know, one of the, they've got the, the really high end, uh, kayak docks, right. Right. And, and it's, they're handicapped accessible and it's awesome. And uh, so I go there. Spencerport has a low dock on it. It uh, doesn't have cleats on it, so it can be a little difficult to get, you know, back in once you're out. And it's awkward getting out, right, because you roll over like a seal. You're you're looking around for people. It's like, is there anyone here going to see this? I right know, eh? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> it's tough to into uh, our kayak in public. Uh, out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, so nobody, you know, nobody's there. I, I get out and... And I'm thinking, oh, this is great, because I'd heard a lot of nice things about Spencerport. And the visitor center is closed because it's a Monday. It's like, ah, because I was going to say, I wanted to see their museum, first of all. But I also wanted to see, is there a place I can camp here? And called the village offices, and I just got this kind of snotty, well, there is no camping allowed in the village. It's like. Well, excuse me. I know. Uh,
1: Why not be constructive and just say, no, sorry, sir, there's none here. But this is where you can go.
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's nothing in the village. And it was like, oh, man. And, and, of course, I'm exhausted because I've gotten so little sleep, right? So uh, I stopped. Uh Spencerport has, has two great places in it. I will say this, though. Uh, one was the Texas barbecue place. And uh, so I went and grabbed a sandwich there because I was kind of hungry. And they have this excellent brewery, the the beer that I'm drinking now. And uh, I thought, well, okay, I better better hit the trail here. So I get back in, paddle out, going under the lift bridges. By the way, this was the, I think this one was probably the lowest, the closest water line yet, and and just just barely squeaked through with it. And uh, I get out, and I'm like, well, now I wonder where do I, you know. Where do I camp tonight? I've got no idea because I thought I had read that Spencerport you could camp in. Right. So then you're back to the same struggle. So again, going back to uh, Rob's question is, well, now what do you do? So depending on who you talk to, you can camp along near the canal path. You can't camp on it, but near on that easement. The problem is a lot of people feel that their land abuts up to it, and therefore they own all the land right up to the path itself, rather than up to the easement, and so that can create problems um, with some landowners. So, I didn't didn't want to do it, but I got to one point. And I saw a a private dock that had a low uh, a low dock, a water level dock, basically for you know canoes and kayaks. So I pulled out there, dragged the kayak then up over the rocks to get it up there. And I thought, I'm just staying here. So I started kind of unpacking and these people were walking by and you, and again, the people are so nice and you're having all these conversations and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to wait till sun goes down just a little, or, you know, close to it. And then I'll put the tent here. And so it's not real obvious. And uh, I, I had posted on the Facebook group that I'm running out of options near, West Rochester, does anyone have a backyard I can throw a tent in, you know? And I check that, and I've got a post from, uh, well, somebody on there uh, put up the name. They just tagged somebody on They tagged Bob Kirby. Pretty soon I get a direct message from Bob telling me to go to Captain Jeff's marina, which isn't on my map because um, Captain Jeff just you know, bought this out before I think COVID started. So, you know, his he doesn't his information isn't on there. So turns out Bob Kirby says, you know what? He really wants to encourage paddlers to come in. He's got a, a boat put in, he's got a low dock, and it's got some nice grassy areas. So you kinda want to go check it out. So I thought, you know what, that sounds good. So I load everything back up, I push it back down over the rocks and I Do not want to see the bottom of my kayak for a long time after this (laughs) trip. (laughs) And and, uh, I paddle up there, and as I paddle up, I get close to it. I see this guy on the shore waving me in. And this is Bob Kirby. So not only has he given me the tip, he's driven down there to make sure I don't miss it. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Incredibly nice. And and this is what I'm finding along the way, right? Um, People are so nice. Uh, So I get in there, and... Captain Jeff comes up, introduces himself, shakes my hand, and says, first thing you probably need is a cold beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I hope you say no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he grabs a beer for me and then kind of shows me the area, and, and he bought it, and it had really apparently been kind of run down. And so he was fixing it up and... and he has all these plans, and he wants to work with the local town so he can get an accessible uh, kayak and canoe dock in there, which is awesome. Right. Turns out he is a kayaker. He's been kayaking for about four years. Uh, he and his girlfriend have a couple of Jackson kayaks that they love. And he uh, he really wants to encourage people to come out there, and so it's, you know, Captain Jeff's marina. It's just outside of Rochester, and it's it's kind of in a nice spot um, because, you know, when you get to Rochester, until you go through and go through two sets of locks, there is no place else you can stay. Right. And so had a really nice night. Before I know it, Bob and Captain Jeff and I are in a bar watching the Packers game <laughs> <laughs> eating <laughs> Eating chicken wings and having a few beers. And, nice. you know, and so I got to say a huge thanks to Bob and, and Jeff uh, and, you know, especially Bob because he, you know, he, he bought my dinner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> turns out, here's the, th- here's the amazing thing, though, right? Turns out that Bob isn't even a kayaker. He oh. is a bicyclist. And so, you know, he doesn't even paddle, but he knew someone was coming through the area uh, needed a hand, and you know he went to all of this. This morning, when I wake up, he stops by with uh, some Tim Hortons uh, coffee and a breakfast sandwich. Tim Hortons, Hortons
3: and,
2: yeah, Tim yeah. Tim Hortons I mean, how you know, how kind. So, um, and you know, <laughs> when I was going to go to bed, I would get back to the place, and and uh, Captain Jeff says, "Well, you know, there's a." He let me stay in what is what was the old game room there, and he's using it as a workshop now, as he's. Working on the marina. But, uh, you know, I just stayed in there. There are places I could have pitched a tent. And I'm like, you know what? I'm exhausted. If I, I'll just sleep right here on the floor if that's cool. And he said, yeah, that's fine. And, and he said, uh, and there is a, a full refrigerator of beer in there, so help yourself. <laughs> nice. Right on. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what a nice guy. All right. Uh, I think tonight he is hosting the stand up paddle boarder who's going from Buffalo to New York City. Which is uh, a first, so if he if he makes it and 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 he is knocking down some miles, so uh, it it's looking really good that he'll be able to do that
0: cool, yeah, so the whole thing is um if you're doing this trip, then mm-hmm. maybe you might want to contact throw messages out before you leave yeah, reach and, out ahead of yourself and have areas where you can absolutely. You can stay. Or like yourself, you can say, "Hey, I'm going to be. I'm I'm planning to make it around X town by tonight. Is there anybody in that area that can recommend a spot to go, or or that sort of deal?" Yeah. Um, and so,
2: what I didn't mention, you know, with that is, you know, so people had mentioned, you know, Bob Kirby and 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 I think some other people may have mentioned Captain Jeffs too. This morning, when I looked at. At the feed and, and my messages, I was even getting messages from people I'm not friends with that saw the post and said uh, hey, I'm sorry I missed it, you should go to the, uh, Captain Jeff's or when you get to this town, look me up, I'm right on the canal.
1: Um, That's cool. There you go, so it's starting to yeah. come together now.
2: Yeah, and you know, the 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 other thing I didn't mention there is kind of going through it is one of the, there's a a uh, guy and his wife walking down the the pathway, and they've got these three beautiful white dogs with them. One is a, looks like a full Samoyed, another one looks like a husky Samoyed mix, and I'm not sure what the third one was, but, the, you know, beautiful dogs, so I mentioned something about that, and we start chatting, and I just said, yeah, I'm kind of running out of options here and places to stay. Do you know anywhere? And he said, well, you can come up to my place, camp in my backyard. <laughs> you know, And and he lived off the canal, which was, you know, the kind of the problem for me is because I you know didn't want to have to try to you know take that cart yeah however uh <laughs> you know a quarter mile up up the road, and it was a real heavily traffic road too right uh, going away from now, otherwise I would have stayed with him his name was uh, Matt Hall and uh, just a really nice guy and you I mean that the people have been amazing, you know so the paddling is fun the camping is challenging getting out in some of the towns is is challenging the people have been amazing absolutely amazing it's been great
0: cool so yeah it sounds like you're having fun anyway and you're slowly getting a realization on uh what can and cannot be because because originally you were planning on hitting all these little towns for the the historical stuff and museums and stuff like that and and you're just not it's just not feasible
2: right in a lot of places and you know so I went out and you know we had talked before about gear and stuff and I bought a backpack that I could you know put some of like my valuables in and you know my camera gear and my computer and those kinds of things and then just hike around town go back down to the kayak and take off and yeah I'm just just finding in some places you just can't do that yeah so so that yeah it's it's I think if you plan ahead I think a little you know line up your nights make it more structured, I think that will help because then you can reach out to some of the towns and some of the people through these groups like you mentioned and, and and make that a little easier. And now from Rochester over, there will be more locks that you can camp at. And so what I'm hoping is that this will become less of an issue now as I continue east.
0: Right. Awesome. Well, yeah. hopefully uh, we're going to hear from you next week as well and get an update. I think so. Get an update on what happens and you can maybe uh, – hopefully things change and you're able to get out more spots and camp uh camping is easier
1: yeah we're starting to get out so maybe more people are going to start reaching out to you and say hey you're along this way start stopping in
2: yeah yeah i mean it's you know again they're just it's so nice you know and and very proud like those like those lady that was the coolest thing oh well, you go and we'll we'll stay here and watch your stuff you know Yeah.
1: yeah how
0: great
2: is that yeah
0: and if so. you do happen to be down by the Erie Canal and see John paddling by, feel free mm. to throw things at him and say, Sean and Eric, say hello. <laughs> <laughs> this is a personal thank you from us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> we can't be there, but we'll show our love anyway. do not care what right. you throw at him. Dead fish, did you,
2: sticks. Did you two pay those, those uh, speed boaters today?
0: <laughs> oh, oh, Fred and Jacob. Thanks, buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Run away. Yeah, down. thank you. <laughs> it's yeah, all fun was, and games till <laughs> so someone loses an eye yeah. or a finger. That's right. Or a thumb. <laughs> <laughs> all right, John, well, we'll let you uh go here so you can go get some sleep and get uh some some uh, documenting done that you need to get done. So uh definitely looking uh, forward to hearing from you next week. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun, and I'll I'll be giving you a call. Alrighty, thanks. You have a good uh, good week. We'll talk to you sometime during the yep. week, anyway. Safe travels.
2: Sounds good. Take care, guys, and and Derek, be careful around that that power equipment, huh? <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. One and, up, <laughs> One and a half thumbs up, buddy. One and a half thumbs <laughs> up.
2: Cheers, guys. Take it yeah. easy man.
1: Hi, this is Derek Spurst. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show, or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show.
0: This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Welcome back. So, as we've mentioned before on our show, uh, Algonquin Outfitters is celebrating their 60th anniversary this year. Uh, They've got contests and stuff like that going. So, we decided we'd get Randy Mitzen from Algonquin Outfitters to come in and uh, let us know all about it, basically from the horse's mouth, as it were. How's it going, Randy?
4: (laughs) Hey, Sean. It's always a great pleasure to be here.
0: So, 60 years, eh?
4: It is. I, I haven't been around for sixty years. Um, we're now into the third generation of Swifts with the company. Yeah. Um, it all started with uh, Bill Senior and Wendy back in nineteen sixty-one, and uh, currently we're owned and operated by uh, Rich and Sue Swift. And uh, soon uh, we we have uh, his son Tanner and his her his fiance Hannah working for the company now too. So we're a third generation company at this point.
0: Wow, eh? That yeah, you awesome. don't really uh, hear about that much these days.
4: No, no, I think there's a a lot of companies that have uh, board of directors and stuff like that. It's pretty cool still being family owned. You know, Mm -hmm. we can make these uh, these kind of quick decisions and turn on a dime and and adapt to the world that we're in nowadays.
0: Yeah, which is nice. Um, Yeah, but there's been a few people uh, that have been with AO for quite a long time. Um, Yeah, we
4: we definitely have uh, some some people that have been around for uh, for many, many years. Um, it's a family company. And even if you're not part of the Swift family, it still feels like family. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been around since, uh, 2002 myself. Ooh. Um, so I've been around for a while and we have, uh, we have some people that have been around much longer than I had, obviously rich, rich started as a, a young child when in, in the company. And, uh, you know, he did, he started with the, the really hands on jobs of, uh, you know, cleaning pots and pans and, uh, and refolding tents and stuff like that, washing canoes and that. Um, So he started right at the ground floor and worked his way up, um, working for his dad. Um, And then we have lots of other people like uh, Gord and Jerry and Jake and Austin and Nate that have been around for quite a long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Like starting in at the bottom floor, you know, if 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 the whole purpose is to maybe one day pass it off to your son or daughter, then, you know, that's, that's a great thing to start right at the bottom and uh, get to know every aspect of the business, right?
4: Yeah, that, that's the one thing I always say about Rich. Um, you know, he's there doing the jobs that, you know, all of us do. He's not an owner that just kind of stands back and expects other people to do it. Right. Um, he visits all of our stores, and when he's visiting the stores, he does deliveries and stuff like that, too. So it's really cool working for such a wonderful family.
0: Well, if you've got the passion for it, you're, you're going to want to pitch in, you would think. So uh, I, I got to mm-hmm. think that's where he's coming from.
4: Yeah, I think so.
0: So 60 years, and one of the things uh, to celebrate, you guys got a contest going on.
4: We do. We have a 60th anniversary historical contest. Um, It's a great opportunity for people to learn more about Algonquin Outfitters. Um, It's a quick 30 questions. You can find the answers on our website. It's kind of an open book test. Um, You can easily find the answers on our website. I'm going to give you a little hint right now. If you just look under the contact tab, there's a whole bunch of pages that deal with the history. Um, and the answers are almost in order on the pages. Um, so if you find the right, right spot for the first question, you can probably go down the page and answer the questions one after another. (laughs) Well, that makes it easy. (laughs) It does. We tried to make it fun and easy. Um, and it's pretty cool. A lot of people are getting like most of the questions, right? So they're obviously reading our website and learning more about it. Most
0: of the questions? If the answers are right there. The
4: <laughs> <laughs> we actually did it for staff, too. It was pretty cool. Rich uh, Rich decided that he wants staff to be able to participate in it. Right. Um, and I always point out to him, you know, we can't have staff winning the prizes. So he actually put up some extra prizes just for staff. Oh,
0: that's cool.
4: Um, and the staff had a couple of weeks to, to do the contest themselves so that they could uh, go through it and have the same experience. Um, and most of, our, most of our staff got most of the questions right, too.
0: <laughs> did Rich win?
4: <laughs> um i don't I don't think rich entered um I, I entered myself, uh which was pretty cool. I don't get the chance to enter most of our contests. contest it's kind of a conflict of interest um but it's pretty cool we we've had almost a thousand people enter our contest um which wow. is is a lot of people learning about the company in that
0: yeah yeah so what are what are the uh so it' it's, it's thirty questions you answer the questions yep. enter your name, contact yep. info that it, sort of stuff yep and
4: then uh, we're gonna we're gonna have some random winners in the end. Um, You basically get an entry for every right question that you have, so you could get 30 entries if you get them all right. So it's worthwhile taking the time to do it. It's not timed or anything. If you want to take an hour to do it, you can, Um, but it shouldn't take that long. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after you enter the contest, there's actually a bonus contest, too. So the bonus contest is you can go to each one of our locations, and we've been trying to tell people about this all summer so that they can do it well. They're actually out and about. Right. Um, but you can go to any of our locations and take up the seven selfie pictures at each location, and then you get another entry for every selfie picture that you enter from that location. Wow. So you get quite a few entries. You're gonna end up with like a for a chance to win
0: billion entries. <laughs> so even if I get twenty questions right, that's twenty entries into the the correct.
4: Yes, you don't okay. have to get all of them right. Um, if you get one right, then you get one entry. Um, but most people are getting somewhere between twenty and thirty of the questions right easily. Cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that yeah, yeah, and that gives people a chance to uh, go visit the uh, the uh, location near them as well.
4: Yeah. And we have some wonderful prizes to win, too. So the first place prize is a $1,000 gift card for the store. Can you just imagine what you would spend if you had $1,000 to to spend on camping equipment and outdoor gear and that? Yeah. And then this, <laughs> the second. <laughs> We're all imagining that right now. <laughs> Hang on. Give um, me a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the second place is an ultimate canoe trip package, also worth almost $1,000. So we provide you with all the gear, all the food. We help you plan a canoe trip. It's great for anybody that has gone on a canoe trip before or has never, ever done it because we offer all the assistance to make it all work.
0: Basically, you just and then show we have, up and, and uh, follow yeah. the route exactly yeah so we'll
4: work with you before you come right um to make sure that that we help you plan a route that's going to be fun and enjoyable for you right um you can show up the day before and one of our guides at our location will go through everything with you they'll teach you how to set up your tent light a fire cook your dinner and then even how to paddle a canoe and stuff like that i'm oh, cool. um, right at our location and then you get to stay at our tent cabins if you want that night um and then you get a, a fresh start the first day of your trip so If you were to go on a three-day trip that way, you get a full three days to experience the park. It's not a short first day and a short last day.
0: Right, right. Is this out of the Oxtong Lake?
4: It would be out of our Oxtong Lake location. Yeah, that's our main location for outfitting. We do outfitting at other locations, but that's the main one. Um, And that's the only spot that we offer the ultimate packages.
0: Yeah, I always just think of Huntsville as your main store for some reason.
4: Yeah, Huntsville is the, the main retail location. We yeah. have three floors of retail there. It's our largest location for sure. But if you think about going on canoe trips into Algonquin Park, it's really like Oxtong Lake, our, our original store just outside of the park on the west side, and Lake Opiango. Those are the two big stores that we do most of our rentals and, and our outfitting packages out of.
0: Right, right.
4: Yeah, I, I have to add, too, there's a bunch of other gift cards available for prizes, too. So it's not just it's not just two prizes that are up for grabs. There's a few of them.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, and even I mean, there's days where I take 20 bucks, you know, and uh <laughs> every time you walk into the store there's something. But yeah, I mean, to be using these gift cards for for, you know, towards trips and and gear, you know, everybody that's into the into paddling needs needs new gear. I mean, that's yeah, all I've been doing is buying new gear lately.
4: <laughs> that's what everybody's been doing this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's definitely been very popular. A lot of people looking to uh, get outside and, uh, and have an adventure versus being stuck at home. Um, and it's been very busy for us this season. It's been a well, great season.
0: You know what? That's a good thing. And uh, I know the uh, people trying to get, I mean, we've been following it along all summer on uh, social media. You know, people trying to find canoes and kayaks and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are Have you guys increased your rental fleet this year? We did.
4: Yes. Um, we definitely increased our rental fleet. Some people were inquiring about buying used canoes. We sold less used canoes and bought more to add to the fleet. Right. Um, so we, we had less that retired this year. Um, just the sheer demand and not knowing for certain if we were getting, you know, new product in the, the beginning of the year and that, um, and then we bought as many to add to the fleet as we can. Um, talking about rental and, and retail, and just getting the things that you want. Um, It's definitely been a struggle this year for a lot of people. Bikes were a big challenge. Um, You know, we put our, our stand-up paddle boards and kayaks and canoes and that available online and for people to inquire early about and kind of put their name out there saying, Hey, I'm interested in buying one of these this year. Um, And we sold a lot of them, you know, before we even had them in stock Mm -hmm. and we're doing the same thing right now for winter. So, you know, summer's, over tomorrow yeah yeah (laughs) um but uh (laughs) but it's uh you know the season's not over for the summer stuff but a lot of people are starting to think about winter already um we have a form on our online store where you can can submit an inquiry about cross-country skis and that and we have a lot of people already filling that out saying hey i'm interested in paris cross-country skis you know can you put my name on the list so that i'm one of the first ones to get them when they come in for the season so people should be thinking ahead of time Right. And, you know, making a commitment, even if it's just that, hey, I'm interested, you know, reaching out to their, their outdoor stores, um, whether it's Algonquin Outfitters or somebody local to them, and letting them know, hey, you know, I'm definitely interested in getting something this season. Can you can you put my name on a list if you have one? Wow. We definitely have that.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be an issue. I mean, if somebody wants a pair and then has to back out at the last minute, uh, you know, in buying them, I don't think you'll have an issue selling them. That's the thing. Oh, no. <laughs> you know? uh, I mean, there, yeah. there was, I mean, even... Um, uh, a couple months ago, people were saying, if you want a new canoe for next year, you better order it now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, it's it's just going, everybody wants it. Everybody's, I mean, we've even noticed the increase in thefts of uh, paddle craft this year. And, you know, it, it's... Uh, yeah, that's
4: a shame. Yeah. It,
0: it really is. You know, you, we, even, even us down here, as, as much as you don't want to say it, um, usually I'll put the canoe on the truck the night before, you know, I'm I'm getting up and heading out at 3 in the morning, but I'm not doing that anymore because I don't want to come yeah. out at 3 o'clock in the morning to load my truck and find out my canoe's gone.
4: Yeah, you know? we've had a lot of people buying, like, bike locks and stuff like that to, uh, to lock their stuff up. Yeah. Um, and we do recommend that. You know, keep an eye on it. It is in high demand, and there's not a lot of supply around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, make sure that you protect your equipment and that, too.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you have your online store, AlgonquinOutfitters.com. Can, yeah, you can go to
4: algonquinoutfitters.com, and right in the top menu, there's a link to the online store. You can go directly there at shop.algonquinoutfitters.com. That works, too.
0: All righty. And that way, people can see what's uh, what you got, what you can get, and and uh, they can put yeah. your name down and go, Hey, Randy! Mention yep, Randy the bottom by name. Of that- <laughs> it won't get, get you election. anything, but
4: <laughs> I do get emails and phone calls and everything about that too. But we do we do have people that work in our online store that handle all the orders and everything. Yeah. Um so on the online store, right at the very bottom in the footer is a link to inquiring about cross country skis. So if you're looking for a pair of cross country skis this season, there's an inquiry form right there that gets your name on the list so that we can, you know, get the right pair of skis for you, early season for you so you don't miss out. Um, and we're just in the process of uploading a bunch of winter items to our online store. I should let you know, though, our online store has a sampling of what we carry in stock. Right. Most people don't realize we have over 100,000 different items that we carry. We, we have a very large selection of inventory at Algonquin Outfitters. Right. Um, so we, we have about 5,000 of that in the online store. So it's a sampling of what we have. If you go to the online store and you don't see what you're looking for or it says that it's sold out, do give us a call because it doesn't mean that we still don't have something else for you. And the inventory is only out of our Huntsville store that's shown online. So we could have the same product at another location that we just bring in for you.
0: Right. Uh, How are you for fat bikes this year?
4: Um, Bikes are the biggest challenge. this year. Um, when you look at a canoe or a kayak or a pair of skis, um, there's not a lot of parts of those items and they're usually all made or sourced by one company.
3: Right.
4: When you look at a bike, bikes have a whole bunch of different parts, all made by different manufacturers. Um, so that has to be the one outdoor item that is the hardest to get. Um, we have pretty much our, our next order is all accounted for. Um, and we're we're taking inquiries well into next year. Wow! So that that's one of the things you were saying about ordering a canoe for next year. Um, if you're looking for a bike, you you probably want to you know put your your name at a, at a store and let them know that you're willing to wait for it because yeah. it, it's going to be a little bit of time for bikes.
0: Wow! Everybody wants out now, yeah. man. They want to get out in the uh, outdoors yeah. <laughs> and get some exercise, right?
4: Yeah, and the challenge with a bike is like if there's a derailleur that the the plant didn't manufacture anything because they were shut down for COVID and that, mm-hmm. um, then you know that that's a part that you can't get, and all of a sudden you can't build the whole bike because of that. Yeah. Where a kayak, you know, is the kayak and some screws and handles and seats and foot braces and that. It's not a whole bunch of different parts, right? So they they've been. A much better supply we actually just got some kayaks in today yeah. um still still this time of season <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody wants a kayak for for christmas we very well might have one
0: yeah um, see get um, you know, give now. us a
4: shout yep yeah, most definitely
0: and if you can't get a canoe this year then you need to go answer those 30 questions go take some pictures and try to win an ultimate canoe trip for next year
4: Yes, yeah, that would be great we uh part of that is is an ultra light swift canoe and all the camping gear and all the paddling gear and all the food and everything else for an ultimate canoe trip package um, you know we provide it for you out of our rental fleet and provide you with all the device and everything and and help you to you know plan your best canoe trip ever
0: okay, I gotta ask on a personal level here can you get a guide for an extra cost on that if you win it?
4: yeah, you can yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I can't huh, include huh. the guide because I do have to pay for our guides. And you do get what's what we call our greenhorn service. So that's one of our guides helping you the day before to to teach you how to do things, but only at our location. They don't go with you. So on top of that, if you wanted to add, we have a couple of options. We have full guided service, which one of our guides will go with you for the whole trip and help you the whole way right? Um, and make sure that you have a wonder, wonderful experience. The nice thing with that is they also... Um, can interpret the park for you. They can tell you about the history and the wildlife and everything else. Um, so not only are they making sure that you're safe and you're having an enjoyable time, but they add some extra value to it. Yeah. The other option is our guide for the day. So one of our guides go with you for the first day until you set up your campsite and you get your, your dinner going and everything. And then they leave and then you're able to do the rest of your trip. You just repeat what you learned for the first day.
0: Right. No, you know, I think if I win it, I would get Marcus as my guide.
4: <laughs> that would awesome.
0: just, just make him work. He <laughs> would just tick him off because he knows I know all this. <laughs> Excuse me, Marcus, can you teach me how to do a fire? <laughs> I think, I think much, he would have fun with that too. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know. We'd either have a ball or we'd lose our friendship. I'm not sure which. <laughs>
4: it's it's interesting working as a canoe trip guide because you get all different types of people. Yeah. And the best thing is for the guide, if, if you know what the client expects, then we don't have a problem changing what we're going to do to to meet your expectations. Mm-hmm. Our default always is to teach people. Right. So what, what we want to do is we want to show you a great experience, but show you the proper way to do things, teach you how to canoe, teach you how to camp, So that the next time you come back, you don't have to use a guide. You can do it on your own.
0: Right.
1: So that's
4: kind of our goal. But we do get people that they want to rent a guide because they want to go fishing and they want to, you know, somebody that's going to show them the best fishing spot. Right. Or they just want somebody to do everything for them. (laughs) That's not normally what we do. But I've guided a couple of canoe trips where, you know, the clients just wanted to relax and they wanted somebody to set up their tents and cook their dinner and do the dishes and stuff like that. We don't normally expect our guides to do that. So letting us know ahead of time, we then can ask Marcus if he'll
0: do that for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I will want.
4: (laughs) Yes, and and it would be best to let Marcus know ahead of time (laughs) or any of our other guides. Yeah. um, Yeah, Because then we'll make sure that we connect a guide that's willing to do that.
0: Yeah, you know I, and and I I think some of the guys I know I know chatting with Marcus, uh, he says he loves it when when people are there to to ask questions and learn and want to try. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Let let me try making the fire tonight on, you know, the second or third night of, the, of a week long trip or whatever. You know, I, I know yeah. that that really floats his boat when uh, he's with somebody that really wants to learn so that they can come back and do it. More and more. And, and, more. I, and I
4: think that's kind of the default for all of our guides. Yeah. All of our guides want to leave the trip thinking that somebody's learned something and had a great experience and can maybe do it on their own next time.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, there's a few other companies out there that they kind of set up that they have this itinerary and they kind of wine and dine their customers, but they don't really teach them anything. Yeah. And that, that's that's very different from what we do. Yeah. So And that's why I say, like, you know, if you do book a guide with us, or even if you're just booking a canoe trip with us, just be open and honest and let us know what you're looking for. Those are the questions that we're going to probably ask you anyways. Mm -hmm. When you call, we're going to say, well, what kind of experience do you want? How long do you want to go for? Do you want it to be like a relaxing base camp? Or do you want to travel every day? And those are all the components that we put together to try to figure out, you know, what's the best option for you? Yeah. And, and recommend the best package. And the same thing happens with our guides. Um, you know, I, I've I've done lots of different guided trips back when I used to do guiding. I haven't done a lot recently. I, I get all the media trips now. Um, <laughs> I had National Geographic for three days, two years ago. That's um, awesome. So, I mean, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I work with all the, the press and everything usually. Um, but we have lots of other guides that just work with the public. And the best thing is just to let them know what you're, what you want to do, what your expectations are, you know, what you hope to achieve from yeah. it. And the more information that you give like that, the better chance that you're going to have a wonderful experience
0: and hopefully so, come yeah. back.
4: Yeah, almost definitely. Hope, yeah. We, we definitely want our clients to come back over and over again.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. you learn you learn a bunch of stuff this trip, and then next summer you're like, you know, what we had a blast. Let's see if we can go do it on our own this time. We'll go rent all the gear yeah. and everything, and uh, and then that leads eventually into you know maybe buying your own gear and and trying things out yourself
4: yeah and again i have worked with lots of different people not just the public but the media and other people like you too that have a lot of experience and i've had i've had quite a few people that i work with that end up doing a complete outfitting package and they come away from it learning something they mm-hmm. they've done it a certain way for years and years and years and you know they see the way that we do it and they're like wait a minute, I'm going to organize my food by day, by meal, and package it all up that way. And I'm going to, you know, have fresh stuff for the first couple of days and then dehydrate it afterwards so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Or, you know, that really small, lightweight, comfortable, and warm sleeping bag is so much smaller and lighter than what the one that I have, I'm going to buy one of those too.
0: Yeah, you, you, if, if you go through thinking you've learned it all, you're going to be mistaken everybody's got different tips and tricks. And and that's the whole thing when you get get in these groups going into the back country, you know, everybody trades and and talks about all these little things. Oh no, try this and try that. And oh, you're doing it that way. And you know, I I still pick up tips and uh, tricks to this day.
4: Yeah. You know what that leads me into? Um, We did a wonderful experience where we drove all the way around Algonquin Park in two days and stopped at all of her locations and talked to all of her store managers with Kevin Cowan.
0: The happy camper.
4: Yes. That was a really amazing experience. Um, You know, to get a chance to go with Kevin and sit down with all of her managers, Um, you know, people like Gord Baker out of a rockstone Lake location, Jerry Shamanda from Lake of Two Rivers. Um, Jerry, Jerry was employee number one outside of the company. So he's been around for a long time.
0: Yeah, hasn't he um, been around for like 40 years or something?
4: Pretty close, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's been around for a while.
0: Yeah,
4: um, We stopped in at Opiongo and talked to Austin, who's uh, um, a new manager for us. He's been around for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jerry used to, used to manage uh, our Opiongo location, and Austin has now taken it over and, uh, and manages that. And then we drove all the way around to Brent on Cedar Lake in the north-central part of the park, and guess who we talked to?
0: Jake Pigeon.
4: Jake Pigeon, yes. Um, yes. The icon, the the myth, the
0: legend. <laughs>
4: Jake has been at Brent for decades, um, has grown up in Algonquin Park, knows probably more about Algonquin Park than anybody else, um, does not want them to improve the road, because nope. he wants it to be a challenge to get to Brent.
0: <laughs> I met, oh man, it must have been 15 years ago at least I met Jake for the first time. I don't think yeah. he's changed. He looks exactly the same <laughs> as he
4: did. He's at, yeah, he's in his 80s now. Yeah. and He still works um, You know, at, at Brent on Cedar Lake in Algonquin Park, deep in the backcountry. Um, it's our most remote location and it definitely takes a certain type of person to be able to work at such a remote location with, you know, no real connection with the outside on a regular basis.
0: Yeah. He doesn't like people.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's the case. I don't think so,
0: but no, you know, what? every time we've been up there to chit chat with him, he's like friendly. He'll give you information on, on whatever you need. I think he just won't tell you his fishing spots.
4: Yes, he. Uh, that was something that we covered. Um, Kevin Callens published the video on his yes. uh, on his channel. It's, it's also on our, our website under the Contact Us, under the, the Algonquin Outfitter staff page. Um, so you can see it there also. Um, and it's on various social media and that too. So you can check that out. Um, the interview that he had with Jake, um, uh, Austin, and Jerry all talked about fishing. Mm-hmm. And it was quite interesting. Um, Jerry would would not tell him, you know, where to go fishing or his White favorite lure. fishing lure or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And then and then we talked to Austin, and Austin's like, yeah, I I'd, I'd tell you about what my favorite fishing lure is. <laughs> um, so he he's willing to give up some of the the secrets, uh, maybe not all of them. Um, and then I think Jake had probably the best answer in that, like he had he'd swam rivers to find the cold holes where you're going to find the fish and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so he's really put in the effort to find those best fishing spots. And his recommendation to everybody was to put in the effort yourself to, to actually go out there and experience it and learn about it mm-hmm. um, versus just asking somebody else, where did they go to have the, the best fishing? Yeah. And you and I both know this. I, I, I know that you like taking pictures and fishing and that just like I do. Um, The best spot where you caught, you know, that trout or the best spot where you saw the moose, you know, might have a great memory for you. But the next person to go to that same location, most likely aren't going to have the same experience. Yeah. So I think Jake really summarized it well, is if you put the effort in yourself to have those experiences, those are going to be the better memories. than if you just ask somebody else and you go where somebody else had a good experience.
0: Yeah, if, if you can, I mean, half the fun is getting there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, definitely. and 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 hitting all those little holes and going down the river and and I mean, they alluded to it, like anything close. You've got to go back to you know farther in. You are not just going to find anything along Highway sixty or or an access lake these days. Yeah, you know, if you want some good fishing, you got to go farther back in and and
4: I, and, and I think part of that is the journey too. Yeah, yeah.
0: like
4: if, if you if you throw a fishing line off of you know, Smoke Lake off of Fisherman's Point, and you catch something. It's like, okay, great, I caught something where a bunch of other people caught something. Um, but if you spend three days going into the backcountry of Algonquin Park and you catch a fish, it's a much better story. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like the fish that got away are the better stories than the fish that you caught.
0: Wow, well, <laughs> that's been having a lot to me lately. That's, that's why they call it fishing, not catching. That's become one yes, of our yes, favorite exactly. sayings on this show. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so there's a Kevin Callan, uh, Algonquin Outfitters video everybody should check out. I think we'll probably post a link to that on our, our social media so, so everybody can take a, a peek at it. Uh, That'd be there's, great. there's some good history of Algonquin in there as well. And like I say, anytime you can listen to Jake Pigeon talk, um, yeah. very soft spoken, but it, even better, if, if you want to go down that, that dirt road to, uh, Brent and have a chit chat with him, like, make sure your ears are open and just, just suck in all that that uh, knowledge that he has you know to spend i should
4: I should add to that that right now our Brent location is kind of contactless for it, so we're asking people to book ahead mm-hmm. and uh, and arrange their their rentals, and then what we'll do is we'll have everything ready for them. Um, the store is actually closed right now, so everybody oh, okay. should show up with all of their own stuff that they need. The general store that we run there is is not open to the public, and that's mainly because Jake is an, is is in his eighties, right? And uh, because of COVID and everything, we want to make sure that the the safety of our staff and our customers are number one. So. There's been many, many people posted reviews online saying that they had a wonderful chat with Jake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just right now during COVID, you can't kind of expect it. Yeah, um, you know, Jake is always wanting to talk to people and stuff like that, and we we've, we've told him to uh, make sure that he's safe. Um, so if if he is there, he does it kind of from a distance mm-hmm. and that. So yeah, and it the the Kevin Cowan video is kind of cool too because Kevin went around to all of our managers and asked them if we were to bury a time capsule for 40 years, what would you put in it? And so all of our managers had these answers about what they'd put in it. The fishing lures was one.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, again, Jerry wouldn't give up his favorite fishing lure, <laughs> but Austin did. <laughs> so we know what Austin's favorite fishing lure is. Um, Gord said I would put a canoe route map and I would get all the staff to highlight their favorite canoe routes in right. Algonquin Park. Right. And the really cool thing with that is there actually is really a time capsule going in the ground. Oh, okay. So the, the town of Huntsville is burying a time capsule downtown um, this month. And we provided a whole bunch of stuff to go in that time capsule, including Austin's favorite fishing lure <laughs> and, and Gord Baker's canoe route map with all the staff canoe routes on it oh, and a bunch cool. of other stuff. This being our 60th anniversary, the time capsule is going to be on the ground for 40 years, right. which will be our 100th anniversary when they open it back up again.
0: Wow. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited over that one. At that point, Um, Tanner's kids should be taken over.
4: Yes. Yes. Actually, that was one (laughs) thing that Tanner said is that he's kind of hoping that we'll have a fourth generation by then. Yeah. (laughs) And he'll be able to look at retirement probably and, uh, and have his kids uh, in charge in that too. That'd be cool. We might even have a fifth generation by then.
0: (laughs) You never know. You never know. Yes. Yes. Uh, The other thing that's going on right now is the canoe paddle art auction? Uh, it is. You you've got that going, and it closes Monday, September twenty seventh. That's this coming Monday.
4: Yes, it does. So it's it's wrapping up. We're about halfway through, a little bit over halfway through on the auction right now. Um, we just broke ten thousand dollars in bids. Wow. And we have we have seven canoes this time around.
0: Are they um, paddleable which... canoes? Or are they just art?
4: They're art canoes. Like all the okay. paddles are, are art paddles also. So none of them are designed to be used. They're all designed to be art. Right. Um, the canoes were a project by the Huntsville Festival of the Arts. Mm-hmm. And they're all painted by Jerry Lantaine, who's the artist and the, the curator be- behind the Group of Seven Outdoor Gallery. Oh, okay. So all the murals that are in Muskoka and that, yep. um, all the outdoor murals of the Group of Seven. Um, he's the one behind it. um he works with the public to paint those, and then he painted all all seven canoes, one in each style of the group is seven.
0: yeah you know what and they they are pretty cool looking. Uh, there, they was, are. A, there was a uh, which one uh, is it Lindsmer? I think it was his. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a really nice one. but yeah, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're
4: all on display, and we we have uh seventy six paddles, I believe. Also, so we have quite a few paddles, too. Mm-hmm. Um, each one is unique, created by a, a local person or a local artist. Um, all different styles and everything. They're all on display in Partners Hall at the Algonquin Theatre in downtown Huntsville. Uh, if you haven't been downtown Huntsville this summer, the, the main street's all torn up. So we've been suggesting that people enter through the back of the theatre off a of High Street. Um, but sometimes the main entrance, you can get to that, too. Just depends on how much work they're doing on the sidewalks. Right. Um so they're all on display from Monday to Friday, from 8.30 in the morning until 4.30 in the afternoon. And then we have a special showing. Because of COVID, they're not open in the evenings or on weekends. But we managed to, uh, to talk to the theater and convince Matt to come in on a Saturday. So this coming Saturday, September 25th, um, we actually have the theater opened for, for that day from 10 until 4, so that people can see all the paddles and all the canoes and see them firsthand.
0: Cool. And there's, a, I mean, uh, I was looking at there, there's bidding on uh, your, your website. You can see them all. Yeah, and, uh, if you go to
4: AlgonquinOutfitters.com, um, right on the very top, one of the first slider at the top links you to the, the website where you can see all the, the paddles and canoes and you can bid on them. It's an online auction. It is just like a live auction, though. Mm-hmm. So the bidding, when you place a bid, so if, if there was a paddle at $50 and you were at a live auction and you put up your hand and you said $100, the bid goes right to $100. So whatever you bid is what, what it goes to. Right. It's not like eBay, where if you bid $100 and nobody else bids you up, it only goes up to $52. <laughs> right. So
3: it Right.
4: is a charity auction. So all of the money goes to, uh, to other art projects and other art organizations in the community. Um, so we're trying to raise as much money as possible. So if you place a a big bid, just be aware that it is going to go to that. And every year I have one person that makes a mistake and bids $25,000 by mistake. (laughs) Derek, (laughs) I
0: I will, I will, (laughs) I will see that
4: (laughs) and contact you. Um, if you bid way too much money, um, just to verify that that is the right bid, it's probably $25 (laughs) or $250 that you wanted to place. Um, so don't worry about that. Um, you know, we'll take care of that. Uh, but you, but yeah, would, it's,
0: you wouldn't say no to $25,000, though.
4: No, we we do have <laughs> a few paddles that have had some people asking. I don't know if you've noticed them or not. There's some um, we have
0: pretty a, serious bids on uh, some of these.
4: Yes, we, we have paddles that already have over $300 yeah. in bids on them. And last time we did it, we had a paddle that was over $1,400 mm-hmm. in bids. So the bids are going to go up from where they are. Um, a lot of the bidding happens the last day, which is monday, september the twenty seventh Our first item closes at eight p m um which will be one of the canoes and then every two minutes after that, another item starts to close so that's your last chance to place bids on on the items
0: so you gotta be right online live and ready to click,
4: yeah. Yeah, and I should answer the question before anybody asks. Um, there's a few canoes that we have. That the the op- sorry, not a few canoes. a few paddles that we have. That the opening bid is set to nine million dollars. The reason why <laughs> sounds expensive, right? Yeah, um, it's it's set that high to actually stop people from bidding on them. Um, we had a few paddles that have indigenous symbols on them, and right. we decided that we weren't going to profit from indigenous um, culture. So Algonquin Outfitters is going to make a donation to the the organizations for the charities in the name of the artists. Um, you can still see those paddles online and appreciate them. Um, we're just going to return them to the artists afterwards. We just decided to, it wasn't a position that we wanted to be in from, from profiting from indigenous culture.
0: Right, right. To so respect that.
4: Yeah, yeah. We've yeah. had a few people ask... Why is it at nine million? <laughs> and it does say right on the paddle, it says not available, and there's a little description. Because somebody um, really, link.
0: really wants it.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's high enough that it, it wouldn't let you bid at nine million too. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, if you make a mistake and you bid, you know, a couple of thousand, it will let you do that. Um, and you know, just give me a shout if you make a mistake, and I'll fix it for you. Um, but yeah, you know, we we do expect that we'll have paddles that will probably go for a thousand or two thousand dollars easily.
0: Oh, there's a couple. There's that one with the owls and the birch bark even like that. The owls and the birch bark. That's beautiful. Yeah, that one's, that one is very beautiful. Mm -hmm.
4: Um, That's actually done by, by a lady who's only 16.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a picture of her with it. And I'm thinking, wow, like that's talent.
4: Yeah. She has some, she has some really good talent and I really Mm -hmm. hope that she goes on to, uh, to, to have a career in art.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know what, with, with producing that on a paddle, I I would think Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. There's quite a few paddles that I think are going to be fought over the last, uh, the last couple hours that the auction is open. Um, as well as canoes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, people, there's only seven canoes. So we'll probably have people, uh, bidding over them and trying to defend their bids last minute. So if you place a bid, just be aware that, uh, you probably want to be around, you know, starting at 8 PM on Monday, uh, September twenty seventh to to be there to defend your bids because somebody's probably going to try to outbid you.
0: Yeah, last second click in that extra little bit. Be ready. Yeah, yeah, and it is just like a
4: regular auction. So if it was a live, you know, in person auction and somebody placed a bid last second, the auctioneer isn't going to stop right then. The auctioneer is going to say any more bids, mm-hmm. and that's what our auction does too. So if somebody bids right at the last second, it gives them another, it gives them another sixty seconds for somebody else to outbid them.
0: Ah, right. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's a fun thing. Yeah. It it sounds like you guys got a lot of fun things going on here uh, for the 60th anniversary.
4: We do. Yeah. Um, You know, we've we've added a lot of content to our website about the history and everything. Mm -hmm. So the the 60th anniversary contest that we first talked about with uh, over $3,000 in prizes, um, you know, that's something that you can do at your own leisure online and have a great chance of winning something. Uh, we also have the paddle art auction that's going on right now until next monday um, so a great chance to win you know one of several paddles or canoes. Uh, we do have people that bid on more than one too, so you're welcome to bid on more yeah uh you know we have some people that have uh, have won a collection of paddles, which is pretty cool and uh you know we just finished filming that that once around Algonquin park um with kevin Cowan not not by canoe but by vehicle, <laughs> we drove around. <laughs> Uh, so it only, only took them two days this time versus, uh, 20, <laughs> what was it? 28. I think something it was. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That.
0: The meanest link, right?
4: <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, uh, and visiting all of our store managers and interviewing them. We have the time capsule that's going in the ground in Huntsville. That'll be open in 40 years for our hundredth anniversary. Uh, we even have a historical photo contest online right now too. Um, I posted a few days ago because I think we have, uh, seven prizes or something like that. um, and, and we only had, like, two entries.
0: <laughs> oh, I'll have to take <laughs> so a look at really,
4: that. Yeah. Any, any photo from Algonquin Outfitters or Algonquin Park that's 10 years or, or more old, older qualifies for it.
0: All righty. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'll, and, I'll, I'll get the links and uh, throw that up on our social media so people can check it out.
4: Perfect. It's been to great to, talking to you. To
0: all this. You too, man. Thanks for coming on. And, yeah, anytime. Uh, yeah, Derek's uh, going to be sorry he missed you.
4: <laughs> i'm sorry i missed him too got, it's always great to, talking to both of you
0: yeah we got to come up there and paddle with you at some point
4: oh anytime i'll put my uh, canadian flag canoe in the water next to you anytime you want
0: excellent well thank you very Except much in randy. the middle of winter <laughs> well, why not <laughs> do we still need our life jackets if we're sitting on the ice <laughs> yes
4: <laughs> we need your life jackets in the middle of the summer too
0: <laughs> all right well thank you very much for uh, coming on randy And I hope the uh, 60th anniversary uh, events really uh, pan out and everybody has a great time. And looking forward to uh, seeing how the auction works, that's for sure.
4: Excellent. It's been a great pleasure talking to you.
0: All right. We'll talk soon. Yeah. See you then. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Sean Rowley and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters Welcome back. So uh, you know, I think uh, despite the the issues with finding places to camp and get out on the side of the canal, I think John's having a good time.
1: I think so too. You know, just the uh, just the ability to uh, to take on this challenge, I think alone is rewarding. Mm-hmm. If there's going to be the good. There's going to be the bad. It's uh, you have to accept that in every trip. And he John rolls with a lot of stuff. He's uh, oh yeah. So it's uh, if he's he's going to make it happen. He's uh, he's as long as there's food and beer involved. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How can you go wrong? Yeah. Uh, I just want to
0: touch on a couple things here before we uh, call it a, a, a show. Um, I had picked up a solar charger before I went on my dogmaogamy trip, the big blue solar charger, and I'm not going to do a, a big a big thing on it right yet because considering how much rain and cloud cover we had, I mean yeah. um, we're talking thunderstorms, the whole meal deal. I didn't get a chance to give it a good go, mm-hmm. but I will say this: it charged my cell phone under a cloudy sky in about two hours. That's pretty good. Under a cloudy sky. Yep. So I'm figuring, you know, I mean, if I were to throw it under a sunny, bright, sunny day, it'd probably charge a bit faster. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. One thing I do want to mention here, besides that, before I left, I picked up a couple of uh, power banks. One, I had one, I brought another one just in case. and I got this bigger one here. It is a bit heavier. The Helix turbo volt 16,000 milliamp power bank uh it's got one usb c two usb a ports charges up to three devices at once it charged my phone twice it powered my zoom f6 field recorder uh, for about an hour while i recorded a band uh around the fire uh then it powered the zoom f6 again for another 40 45 minutes while i was chatting with alex mathias uh, and it still shows. There's four batteries, so, you know, you get... Or four lights, I should say. So, as it gets dead, it'll be three lights, two lights, yep. one light. It's still showing four lights. That's impressive. After all of that, it's still showing as 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 uh, fully charged. Um, I got two other power banks that I, I never used at all. So... It, it, I, and I got this at, I think it was like 59 bucks or something like that, at uh, Best Buy. Okay. Right? The Helix TurboVolt 16,000 milliamp power bank. If you're looking at something this, yeah. And I'm it's giving.
1: small and compact. That's good. Yeah.
0: It's, you know, remember the old portable personal uh, tape recorders? Yeah. You take the businesses or the size, they yeah. hold in front of a rec- uh, 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 yeah. somebody's face while doing a recording, like the, the, the journalists? Yeah and they press the button and speak into the microphone sort yeah, of thing what that that's size. about
1: that size it fits right in the palm of your hand or a couple small iPhone, iPhones back
0: to back exactly yeah, yeah a couple of uh, thin ones uh, back to back uh, so yeah when I get a, a nice sunny day to to, char- to ch- test out the big blue solar charger uh, solar panels again I, I definitely will but like I say under a cloudy sky uh, I threw the the uh, charger on top of my pack while we were paddling and about two hours uh it, it charged my cell phone, so uh I think that's about it for this week. um I don't mm. have it. Do you have anything
1: else? I don't. Why not? <laughs> I give the show two and a half thumbs up. I uh, two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so you've now grown an extra thumb. I've grown
0: an extra thumb. That's awesome. Those antibiotics kicked it's in pretty swollen. good. The thumb's yeah. swollen. It's two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I want to thank um, Randy Mitzen from Algonquin Outfitters for coming on tonight and uh, chit-chatting about the 60th that they're having, and telling us a bit about uh, what Algonquin Outfitters does. And if you're looking, like I say, if you're looking to get into the backcountry for the first time, maybe going with a guide or a fully stocked uh, uh, and planned route, uh, on, with the help of Algonquin Outfitters is the way to go. To at least get your your feet wet, and they'll help you. As Randy said. Uh, Plan your route, stock everything, get you the gear you need, um, and hopefully you'll get out of it what you're what you're hoping to get out of it. Uh, again, thanks John Van Berger for coming on and uh, giving us an update on his Erie canal trip. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how he progresses uh, in the coming week and hopefully things are smoothing out uh, getting back you know into the rhythm of things for for next week. Uh, If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes from iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, iHeartRadio, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. If you go to the episode page at Paddling Adventures Radio, you can listen or download to all our episodes there. Uh, 293 of them now. And if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with all your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. And when you go to paddlingadventuresradio.com, do us a favor, click the big old round merch button and go check out uh, some of our Paddling Adventures Radio gear. And uh, that's about it. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley.
1: And I'm Derek Spest. We'll see you next time.